0: Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make
1: bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden we could open up our
0: showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.
2: Oh, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Rotowire DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Joe P. Zapia. With me, as always, um, on uh, this lovely, lovely Thursday, is the one, and the only Doug Thorburn. Doug, what's happening, my man? Well, things are getting real. It is getting real. I'm, I'm just happy, by the way, that uh, you and I aren't injured because I feel like every baseball <laughs> is. I've never seen anything like this on my show yesterday. I rattled off a name of all the pitchers who are injured right now on the disabled list. And it's staggering. I kind of want to have a draft where we just go and we just draft pitchers and see who can come up with the best injured rotation because I think it'd be oh,
0: fun. That
1: would be it would be an amazing rotation. And and for all the kvetching that's going on right now with the ten day DL and if teams are abusing it, so many of these pitcher injuries are ones that it wouldn't matter if you had a ten day DL, fifteen day DL. These guys are out for months.
2: Yes, if you you know tear your lat muscle, if you're you know. If your elbow is no longer connected to your arm, you're going to be out for a while. And yeah, you know, it is kind of frustrating that, you know, the 10-day DL was supposed to be this thing that I thought was going to help guys get back quicker. But instead, it's become the thing where everybody goes on it for everything just so you could free up the roster space. Yeah. And I get it from a Major League Baseball standpoint, but don't they care about us as fantasy owners? Luckily... This doesn't happen in daily fantasy. You don't have to worry about this nonsense, and that's why we're hitting it hard here on the podcast sponsored by FanDuel. So let's get to it. Let's start with the pitchers for Thursday. Let's start at the top of the board on FanDuel with Dallas Keuchel at 10,500, taking on the New York Yankees, and that's a team that Keuchel in his career has pretty much owned.
1: And that's an offense that is going nuts this year. But talk about going nuts. I mean, Dallas Keuchel, whoa, whoa. This is even better. What is it? The re-
2: immovable force meets the uh, resistible object? I never get that right. I have no idea what that <laughs> metaphor is. But whatever it is, that's what's happening. It's the thing hitting the other thing that it's not supposed to hit, and then something else happens. That's what I was told.
1: I, I mean, I, I love Keiko in, in that this is a guy who feels his position, who really relies on changing speeds, who has command that is goes beyond walk rates or. Don't even get me started on command effects and how it fails on a player such as Keiko, who's who, everything he throws moves, and it moves so much. Um, but I just love that he can defend his position and that he seems to be getting better over time. Uh, he's just a fascinating case for me. And, and a team like the Yankees, they could obviously punish anyone, but this is a, there aren't a lot of elite options. In fact, there's no elite options unless you count Keiko on today's slate. So uh, the the top end's definitely thin.
2: Okay, let's talk about the other guys that are the quote-unquote top end. Zach Greinke, I feel like it's just, you know, like they have no, nobody else to put over, you know, double-digit $1,000. So they just decided Zach Granke will be that guy at home against the Pirates. And I know the Pirates lineup is you know, got some K's in it. It's certainly, you know, not the same lineup without Marte and all that. But, I mean, with the ownership being so high everywhere else on Keiko, most likely in cash games, can you make a case for Greinke here? I mean, Greinke has pitched well. I don't want to, you know, poo-poo Zach Greinke, but I just don't know if he's a $10,000 pitcher, although 40-plus in his last four starts, I I guess the algorithm is correct, and we need to kind of, you know, shake off the the dust of the early Zach Greinke.
1: Yeah, I I like what Greinke's done so far this year, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I like him in general this year. It's, It's funny, I felt that the consensus was too high on him coming into last year, and so I, I tended to be the low guy in the totem pole. But no way I saw that kind of collapse coming. And then uh, this year, he's kind of gotten back on track. But because the expectations are so out of whack, either too low of expectations from last year's debacle or too high of expectations from 2015, it's, it's kind of tough to gauge, even though he's actually been – aside from last year, a very consistent starter. And you're right, the, the, the Pirates don't have a lineup that scares anyone. And so I tend to like Grinky this year, and especially as a, a bit of a zig move while everyone else zags towards Keuchel, um, I like Grinky, And especially when you look at the other options, I like him that much more than the other options. And, and I think the, the lack of top-end options is what makes the, the 10K viable. Now you got one pitching matchup here that
2: I think is fascinating because I like both of these guys and I can't decide which you got Jason Vargas, who is the ERA leader. And no, I'm I'm not just making that up. Jason Vargas is the ERA leader right now in major league baseball. And on the other side of this game, you got Jake Odorizzi who both of these guys, I find to be very good pitchers in this matchup tonight, 8,800 for Vargas, 81 for Odorizzi. If you got to pick between the two, which
1: way do you go? Well, it's, it's so interesting because I tend to target pitchers, go, pitch, anybody going against the Rays because of the high strikeouts, the Rays lead the majors in strikeouts by like 40. And then uh, anyone facing the Royals because they have the least one scored in the league. I mean, this is, these are two offenses that are- It's just the right resistible forward.
2: force, meeting the immobile object. <laughs> the I'm sorry, I was trying to do it again. I just didn't. <laughs>
1: um, but you asked the question, my answer would be Oda Rizzi. I just refused to buy into the Vargas.
2: Well, I mean, the, the thing with Vargas is they, they said that it's, I, I think he's added the pitch to his repertoire or whatever they're saying is. And I know at a certain point we have to not, not buy it wholeheartedly on him, but especially in the daily community, I guess, where you have that opportunity to not have long-term relationship with him. I think it's okay to go that way, but I, I kind of agree with you. I'd rather save the $700 myself. Let's talk about another guy who's even cheaper than both of them. Maybe it's a GPP play, got rained out today. Uh, as we're recording this for tomorrow on Thursday here. Uh, Derek Holland, who another guy who's been terrific this year. He's facing the Twins, another team that strikes out a fair amount with Brian Dozier, probably not in the lineup again too. So that's a positive there. Uh, this is a guy who's given you quality starts in three of his last three tries and honestly in three, four, five of his last six starts. So Derek Holland's
1: another one where I think GVP play, I think you can throw him in there, right? I think, like you said, as a GPP play, I mean, cash games, I tend to not take too many chances with my one pitcher. Uh, but as a GPP play, absolutely. And then for that other popular DFS site, I don't know why, but for some reason his price dropped like 2500 even though it was just a rainout. So he went from being someone where I thought the price was kind of outrageous to all of a sudden he's a bargain. So if you play on the other site, uh, there's – he might be an opportunity waiting to happen there. But uh, uh, with with FanDuel, I think he's he's kind of right on the cusp. Like you said, he wants to turn and play, but uh, as a cash game play, definitely not.
2: Well, I would say, too, I mean, what makes Holland then such a bargain is because you can pair him with a bigger pitcher if you want to pair him with, you know, in a cash game with, let's say, Keiko, you want to go up to the top of the board. Real quick, too, you know, just so we talk about it, you know, if you want to go contrarian tonight, is Michael Pineda the way to go? You, you mentioned the Yankees are rolling. We know that Keiko owns the Yankees historically, but Pineda so far this year, another one. I mean, the quality starts are a little bit iffier. You know you're going to get some of those five-inning starts out of him, but you know the strikeouts are going to be there. Maybe there's a little bit of you know headway to be made there on the contrary end with Michael Pineda. What do you think about that?
1: If I agreed that he was contrarian, then I would agree with everything else that you said, but I have a feeling people are kind of on Pineda this really? year. Really? Even even against
2: tonight, against the wow against
1: Houston, I, mean, I didn't think they would Astros, but I feel like he's been the sabermetric darling for so many years, where everyone's waiting for the ERA to catch up to the peripherals, and now he's doing exactly that. Now he's putting up the the ERA to match the peripherals, and so I think a lot of people are kind of seeing it as all right. Pineda is finally doing what we had hoped and expected him to do. So even facing a tough lineup in Houston. I think that the ownership might be. I would be wrong, but I think the ownership isn't going to be really low in Pineda.
2: All right, now AJ Cole, I think is the way that I'm going to go in terms of who I want to troll out there. So I some weather and play here, but you know AJ Cole's been a quad A player. I understand his first start wasn't awful. He did walk four guys, and somehow came out with the win and the quality start. But uh, I don't think it's going to be very kind to him. In Baltimore, so that's my first stack outside of the obvious Colorado, and you got the Dodgers playing in Colorado and all that fun stuff. But if you're going for another one, I'm looking at Washington, who's not going to come cheap, but certainly there. And, of course, our good friend Bronson Arroyo is back in town. Uh, San Francisco Giants. Do you like the Giants at all here?
1: I don't just because the Giants offense is that rough, but I I do like uh, stacking the Reds against Ty Blatch, though. Yeah. I think he's that rough, and the Reds' offense has been that, that surprising.
2: Yeah, they, they really have been. And you're okay with that, even though it's not in Cincinnati, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, I know San Francisco suppresses home runs more than any ballpark does. Uh, but at the same time, my as much as I dislike Arroyo, I think the Giants are going to have a hard time taking advantage of anybody right now. Um, and the Reds seem to be taking advantage of more pitchers than I expect. So I, I think they could put together a decent number of runs. Uh, home runs be damned
0: all right
2: now let's talk about the catcher right now who's been on fire lately he's got a bunch of home runs the last couple of games it's the top of the board at 3900 talk about bronson arroyo and trolling him you, you gotta kind of start with buster posey right
1: oh man posey's been it, we've been kind of waiting for him to come around on this Well <laughs> <Right>, he's <laughs> if, come around if, if there's one giant to own it's definitely posey now he's one of those guys that because his platoon splits are so huge, I tend to only target him against lefties. But against Bronson Arroyo, it's like as if he has the platoon advantage. So uh, he, I do think that he's he's worthy of the top spot among catchers. But I'm not spending 3,900 on him. I'm not even as good as he is. I just kind of call the catcher position. Uh, it's one of those areas that uh, save some money. To put Elko, oh, sure. Well, let's save some money. Let's go towards the bottom here. Uh, if Chris Herman's playing,
2: maybe that's an option for you. Well, who are you looking for to save money with a catcher where you can go and you know get a little return on investment? The matchup's good. The ballpark, maybe. I know Luke Roy, We keep talking about him at 27, but there's some rain in that game potentially too. Uh, Cervelli is another one that I always talk about. He's got the matchup against Cranky, so I'm kind of less apt to go there. But I always like Cervelli's contact rates and the fact that he's just you know the ceiling is low, but the floor is high. And I think a catcher that's something that I'll take.
1: How about you? Where are you looking for for catcher tonight? Well, our, our boy Jet. I, I can't get Jet. away from our boy Jet, and especially because he crushes lefties. He's facing Eduardo Rodriguez, so I I definitely like what he brings to the table. He's only twenty seven hundred bucks for tomorrow, so. Uh, so for thursday so i i like uh at him as a cost-saving measure who could pop one
2: all right first base top of the board pretty obvious you got vado you got goldschmidt you got Thames, usual suspects there but i want to talk about mark reynolds who you know look uh you know <laughs> this is what you love about mark reynolds you love when he plays in coors field and you know the opportunities there he's got ryu uh first start off the dl in colorado congratulations Jin Ryu, you get to come back and you pitch in Colorado. Maybe you should have turned that ten day into a fifteen day. I'm just saying, maybe that would have been the smart thing. Maybe we could have somehow squeezed that out with the league office. But uh, what are your thoughts on Reynolds in this one against Ryu? You think 4300 too much, or is that just about
1: right? I, I think that's uh, it's actually well, 4300 is probably just about right for him. Um, but I am surprised at some of the prices of guys playing Colorado today and Cody Bellinger. He's at thirty six hundred. Also in Colorado, I love that price tag for him. Um, pretty much anyone in Colorado, you got you got to love, but usually they're kind of priced out of your out of your roster range. But there are a number of guys who are absolutely reasonable today, and for me, it starts with Cody Bellinger.
2: I got another one who's super reasonable at 3,300. Hanley Ramirez came out of the game last night, and he looks like he might be headed for at least a couple days off. But how about Mitch Moreland against Jimmy Nelson in uh, Milwaukee? Looking at that opportunity there for Mitch Moreland, I think there's some definitive playing time in his future, and right now that price is going to be super cheap.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the guy just keeps hitting doubles, right?
2: Yeah. Hey, doubles machine, I'll take it. Some of those doubles eventually are going to turn into dingers, especially in Milwaukee. There's that opportunity. And I know just the guy to do it, and his name is Jimmy Nelson. Uh, anybody else on that? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if Trey Mancini's in the lineup, that's another guy at 3,300 that you might be able to make a case for. Anybody else, though, before we close the page on first base, uh, is it the, uh, Is it the? you know, basically, I understand that the top is very tempting, because these guys have been so good. Goldschmidt's hit the ball well. Thames have been a monster. So is Votto. But, you know, there is depth. Even Bellinger 36 is a little bit on that pricier side. Is there somebody else there that I'm not seeing, or did we basically cover them all?
1: Well, at first base is, you know, when I look for a bargain, I'm looking for something at like 3000 or under. And at first base, there's just not a lot of bargains that they really – I feel like there's almost a, an inflation for all first basemen for this late. Uh, but I do like Brendan Bell at 3,200. And also Chris Davis at 3,300. I get you that Mancini's been way better this season, but Davis is the kind of guy who could just have a day for you. Yeah.
2: And AJ Cole's that kind of too. I feel like AJ Cole, definitely. I think we're going to start talking about a lot of, a lot of the Baltimore Orioles. In fact, we, you know, we didn't mention him at catcher, but when you see, oh, maybe he's in the mix too. All right, let's go over to the other side of the diamond. Over at third base, Arenado, 4,700. Justin Turner, 42. Joey Gallo, basically home runner bus bust, 4,000. But in all fairness to Joey Gallo, it's been a fair amount of home runs so far in the early going. And I want to talk about Manny Machado, who's at 3,800 against A.J. Cole. To me, this is my happy spot at third base today. Uh, I'm loving Machado against Cole. I think there's a great opportunity for him there today.
1: Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe the price when I saw it on Machado. He, he's someone who, granted... Maybe he gets a little bit streaky at times, but right now he's in the middle of a hot streak. So he's worth, you know, forty four or 4500 easily right now. So to see him at 3800 and versus Washington facing someone who's not Scherzer and not Strasburg, yeah, I'm with it all day.
2: You know, and I'm I'm good with paying up. I I know Suarez is probably a decent value at 33 as well. You mentioned uh, that San Francisco matchup being one that you might want to have some mini stacks or at least some shares of. But I'm looking at third base right now, and and it's it's not good. It's just you know you still got Beltray out, you still got Donaldson out. Bregman hasn't hit. You know, it's just not good. It's it's a space where I think you have to at this point allow yourself. A little bit pay flexibility. If you, You're going to have to go to the Morelands of the world and some of the guys we mentioned over at first base, maybe Chris Davis, because you're going to have to pay for a little bit of third base. I mean, I know Jake Lamb has been quiet lately, but he's back at home against Garrett Cole, so that's a favorable matchup. Shaw's another one potentially there. You know, in Milwaukee, a good matchup. But even those guys, talking like at $3,700.
1: For more guy that I'm big on, and that is Evan Longoria, Maybe it's just me I can't get away from platoon splits, but the guy crushes the lefties. I know he hasn't been great this year, but he's facing off against Vargas, and as I said earlier i'm I'm not a believer in Vargas, so for three thousand, if you're looking for a cost cutting maneuver that could work out that could work out really well, Longoria is a way to go. All right now, it looked like Cano was dealing
2: with an injury the other day at second base, then he decided he was going to play, and oh, oh, oh what a what a night he had, <laughs> so I guess Robinson cano is is healthy. Uh, so far, I mean, back to back a home run night. So Robinson Cano looks pretty damn good right now. 4,200. Uh, so don't be concerned about him. If you want to pay up there, that there's any health issue because certainly the bat looks healthy enough. You got Daniel Murphy as well on there. And it, right now you know, they all the, the Toronto Blue Jays are just reeling. So I think Cano is certainly in play. Uh, Dozier, I would most likely think is out again in this one. Starling Castro, I, I know it's Keiko, but Castro at home has been a beast all of last year. We're talking about a guy with a 1,000 OPS in Yankee Stadium last year, and that trend is continuing this year. Uh, Dustin Pedroia is starting to pick it up as well at 36. Where is Doug Thorburn
1: looking tonight at second base? Who catches your eye? Well, anytime I see Jose Altuve anywhere but the top spot, I get excited about it. He's 3,900 for today. He's the fourth most expensive second baseman, and so I just can't help but drift that direction. I love me some Altuve to me. He's he's slump proof, which is very hard to find, and he's one of those guys who can do so many things. And the number of times he's helped me out late game with just that you know that clutch single in the steal or whatever it is, he brings so many elements. Uh, so I definitely like him, but again, at 3,900, that's a bit pricey. So coming down the board, uh, I like Rounet Odor at 3,000, and again, this is a guy who's had kind of a rough year, but the talent is so huge, and his opponent is so not. not <laughs> possible, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's another guy too I want to talk about
2: skill set wise, and I'm going to bring this up because he had two walks uh the other night, which I think is a very positive sign for him turning it around. I don't think he's a 200 hitter. I think he's better than how he's played so far. And that's Jonathan VR, uh who, you know, I, the sole bases haven't gone anywhere. That's still part of his game. Really, it's been a matter of making contact and getting good at bats. And I think he's a guy who's, you know, got off to a slow start and started pressing. But the two walks the other night, I know it's one game, but to me, that matters. To me, that's something where I say, OK, I think. He's starting to take better at-bats. He's starting to realize, look, you know, I got to get some walks. I got to get on base. I got to help the team. And I think that's positive. He's put up back-to-back 12 spots. So that's four times value for that $3,200 salary. Would you be buying in on him in a GPP tonight?
1: Yeah. In fact, I had a hard time choosing between Odor and VR, And I think those two walks are encouraging, especially for a guy who derives a lot of his value from steals. So if he's, if he's working his way on base, that's just points waiting to happen.
2: Right. That, that turns almost like doubling your money, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like when Jonathan Villar gets on first, you pretty much can uh, put second right next to it. All right. Uh, <laughs> top of the board here at shortstop, you got Corey Seager forty three hundred. 4,300. Uh, you know, always a, a good play in Colorado. Of course, you want that. Uh, Gene Segura, 42. Carlos Correa, 39. Xander Bogart, still no power, 38. And Trey Turner, Continues to be very puzzling. Uh, the, the one thing I will say, though, Corey Seager, I know it's Colorado guys, but his numbers versus lefties are not good. Is is that enough? And I mean, really not good. So is that enough to scare you away from Corey Seager tonight, despite the Colorado matchup?
1: It is the combination of that and Trey Turner only being thirty seven hundred, and I mean Trevor Story, he's really been having a he's been having a tough time as well, but he's also playing Colorado. He's only thirty five hundred, and I mean. Seager versus a lefty, that's, like, story normally, right?
2: Yeah, and, you know, Didi's been hot since he's come off the DL, too. Uh, I, again, I keep saying that I know this is a tough one to sell because Keiko's been so good against the Yankees. The Yankees are playing really well. I think they're going to get up for this game. And I could see if you have Keiko in the safe stuff and cash games. But I, I think in this one, if you go some shares of Yankees in this tournament play style, I, bet I you might be able to make some hay because I just think of the, there's that mentality there where, hey, Keiko dominates the Yankees. Let's just, you know, get off them. But, you know, you could certainly make that argument there. Uh, some of the other guys, too, playing well this year. Uh, Zach Kozart's been an on base machine. If you're talking to him, I want to get some of the Reds in there. I mean, I know the power hasn't been fantastic, but when you got an on base over 400, that's going to equate to fantasy points. And at $3,300 in salary, you're talking about a guy who's going about, you know, somewhere between nine and twenty-five points every night in Kozar for the last week could change.
1: Yeah, and right below him is Chris Owings at three thousand two hundred. Yep. It's, you know, same kind of thing as far as I, uh, kind of what I was speaking of with Altuve, where he has so many ways that he can contribute, and at that price point, I mean, in general, I feel like he's been overpriced this year because it seems like he's playing over his head, but at that price, it's absolutely affordable. And he's facing Gary Cole and the Pirates and. You know, Cole's good, but he's not that good.
2: No, he's uh, what they call in the business, overrated. Uh, but we are not. We are not. We're covering baseball, and baseball obviously is here. So don't get stranded on first base without a RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com slash roto to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. And users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash rotowire all right last but certainly not least let's get to the outfield shall we there mr thorburn bryce harper yes, 4900 got. you got to leave trout away because of the hamstring mookie bets starting to turn things around mookie bets a little bit 45 uh then you got charlie blackman underneath him any of these elite guys the high price guys catch your fancy here uh is it mookie bets right now who's starting to turn things on because i gotta tell you the rest of this high-end group you know, even Aaron Judge with the Keiko matchups is a little bit troubling for me, but I got Blackman and Betts. Those are the two where I say, okay, for 4500 if I want to pay up for one of them, I can justify the concept.
1: I think choosing the Colorado guy is smart, and like you said, Betts is really heating up. We all know how good he is. He just took a little while to get going. Um, so, so now he's officially scary if you're not rostering him at this point. And you know Bryce Harper can always do damage, but at 4,900, you're paying for that damage. So the, the top end of the outfielder pool is really pricey; it's really expensive, and it's 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 weird kind of seeing those prices from guys who aren't playing in Colorado. So that really kind of puts the Blackman situation in perspective. Uh, but overall, I'm kind of avoiding the top end of the outfielder pool. I just it's a little too rich for my blood.
2: Yeah, especially when you have to spend at third base, it looks like, and spend some of these other infield spots where we just hit where, you know, between injuries and between lack of performance in some of these spots, you're better off paying up for some of the short things and trying to find a little value. I do like this 1A top of the board, though. I like Ian Desmond against Ryu in Colorado, and I'll tell you what, too. I like what I've seen out of Jock Peterson since he's been back, too. Uh, he's starting to hit the ball the other way a little bit, a little un-Jock Peterson-like, which I think is fascinating. The on-base has been high since he's been up – Sort of a different version of Peterson. Now I know it's a small sample size. I know it's a lefty, so I don't know if he's going to play or not.
1: But yeah, he probably won't play against a lefty, unfortunately.
2: But with tools out, do you think maybe they're they're strapped where they've got to say, well, let's throw it out and see what happens, or you think they're going to just stick to that platoon
1: straight away? Uh, if they put him out there, it's because they're forced to due to injuries, and I don't know. I just don't like Bejock against a lefty. Oh, and uh, way, I, I, can't I can't blame you. <laughs> I can't blame you. Well, you know it's
2: you know this when when you surrender against lefties as much as he does, you can call him a French name. That's perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> what about George Springer, thirty six hundred against Michael Pineda in Yankee Stadium? Yankee Stadium certainly a a great place to look for offense. And it's funny because Springer was you know uh, on the tip of everybody's tongue, and I know he hasn't had. Huge games lately, but you're talking about a guy who's going three times value every night, still at 3600, with certainly the upside for more. So the fourth game has been really consistent. He's getting you basically nine points minimum, with a couple, you know, four or five times values in there too. But I'm looking at Springer as a guy at 36 who's certainly not going to kill me, and I know I can basically lock
1: in nine points there with the possibility for twice as many. Yeah, I like the Springer price uh, in in general when a guy is when a player that strong is seeing that much of a discount from a small slump. I'm all about it. So uh, I definitely like the Springer price. And someone very close to him uh, in, in price is Ryan Braun, who's now back in the lineup uh, for the Brewers. He's at 3,700. Once again, he matches lefties, and he, he's up against Eduardo Rodriguez. So uh, I I definitely like the Braun play.
2: All right, I'm going to go back to trolling A.J. Cole for a second. And this is a guy that's getting hot. and We know this particular guy, when he gets hot, it's one of those guys who could just carry a fantasy team for a week or a night and we just need him for a night. But Mark Trumbo to him runs his last three games. He's got AJ Cole on the mound there. Uh, Trumbo, Machado, Davis. Uh, I mean, I think we like all these guys in Baltimore who else in the outfield lower than that catches your fancy.
1: Well, you know, it, it one guy I keep going to, I've gone to the well over and over again with this guy. Uh, and that's Corey Dickerson. The only problem is that he's facing Vargas and he struggles with lefties. So in this one case, I feel like I can't necessarily touch him, but Adam Jones is only 3200 He also gets the A.J. Cole situation, and for 3200 I feel like that'll be easy for him to turn a profit. Now, I don't think he's a great player, but Ben Gamble with 3000 right now is a
2: hot player, and he's got the lefty-righty matchup with Estrada going uh, is that a guy that you throw in there too? maybe a tournament play or you know what heck maybe he's a lineup builder for the cash games to go up there and afford Keiko or Granky. you think Ben Gamel actually
1: comes into your sphere tonight I think it, in terms of the whole season no way but oh god is, no this is DFS we Absolutely. don't want to we don't want to say
2: things we can't take back we certainly don't want to be putting giant shares of Ben Gamel on our season long but for for tonight, right now, I mean, it's a hot bat in a situation where the matchup is favorable in a favorable offensive ballpark. Everything's going kind to of point that direction. And, you know, you're always going to need, you know, you mentioned trying to, you know, save a catcher. If you don't want to save a catcher, you want to go to a pose. you got to find an outfielder somewhere on that 3K or less. And he's that guy. Is there anybody else too, cheap-wise, you think has a chance to return value?
1: Yeah, I love that price point on him. Uh, You got Keon Broxton's another three thousand dollar guy. Who's he's kind of been a boomer bust lately, but the booms have been huge. Uh, So I definitely like that. Um, Man, once you once you get down there, there's a lot of guys who are you know. Jackie Bradley Junior. is a number is a name that flashes at you, but he's been so absolutely horrible this year. You can't touch him. No, there's no way. He's been bad. What about David
2: Peralta? I know he's been quiet lately too, but, you know, back at home, I mean, ownership certainly will be low and with good reason because he's been awful quiet, but the talent's been there and he was pretty good in April. I think he's got off to a slow start here in May, but is that another spot there against Cole in Arizona where maybe you get a little something out of him, but, you you know, a tournament play only, obviously?
1: I think so. I think... That's one of the names that stands out if you're looking for that cheap option. It, look, if you're looking to catch lightning in a bottle with Gamble, maybe with Peralta, it's not even, you know, this is a guy who has actual talent that can last throughout the season. If he's in a small slum now, that discount's built in. So for 2900 I like it.
2: All right, he's Doug Thorburn. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug underscore Thorburn. You can follow me at Joe Pisa, Pia 17. For everybody here at roto have a great night of Daily Fantasy.